1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Nouveau Pharmaceuticals Incorporated third quarter results 2020 conference call. At this time, all lines are in listen-only mode. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. This call is being recorded on Monday, November 16th, 2020. I would now like to turn the conference over to uh, Jesse Ledger. Please go ahead.
2: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining our call today. On the call with me this morning from Nuvo Pharmaceuticals is Kelly DiMarino, Nuvo's Interim Chief Financial Officer, and Tina Lucchides, Nuvo's Vice President, Secretary, and General Counsel. This morning's call makes reference to a presentation on our website that should be viewed concurrently. If you have not downloaded this presentation, I would invite you to do so now by visiting www.NuvoPharmaceuticals.com and scrolling down to the bottom of the page. You can then click on the link. Before we begin, I would like to remind everyone that some of the statements made during this presentation may be considered forward-looking. The company cautions investors that results of future operations may differ from those anticipated. We urge you to review the cautionary statements and other information contained in the company's filing on CDAR, including our annual information form for fiscal 2019 which identifies certain factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected in any forward-looking statements made during this call. Copies of the annual information form and other filings are available online. The agenda for today's discussion is as follows. I'll provide an overview of the company's investment highlights. Kelly will discuss the financial results for the third quarter and year-to-date, which were announced earlier today, as well as provide a cash and capital structure update and I will then present a business update. Our business continues to grow organically through the efforts of our commercial sales and marketing team, and with the introduction of new products like Suvex and our two new formats of NeoVisc in Canada, Nuvo continues to generate strong year-to-date revenue and profit returns, including cash provided by operating activities of $17 million. This cash flow is not only allowing us to manage our low-interest debt facility, but also allows us to fund additional business development opportunities, which will build out our pipeline in the short term and enhance the value of our business long-term. The third quarter was an interesting one for the new business. We continue to grapple with the ever-changing and unpredictable impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and have been forced to make dramatic changes in our approach to business as a result. A good example of this was our commercial launch of Suvex in September. Previously, it was unheard of to launch a new medicine virtually, but this year we were forced to do just this, and fortunately, we're able to draw from the learnings gleaned from our own internal switch to a virtual workplace earlier in the year. All in all, I remain pleased with our year-to-date progress and look forward to seeing the results of our virtual SUVEX launch. Kelly will now take you through our financial results for the third quarter and year-to-date.
0: Thanks, Jesse. Today's presentation includes reference to certain financial measures that don't have a standardized meaning under IFRS. These measures include adjusted total revenue and adjusted EBITDA. NUVO believes that shareholders, investment analysts, and other readers find such measures helpful in understanding NUVO's financial performance. For a description of how NUVO defines these non-IFRS financial measures, as well as the reconciliation of these measures, please refer to slides 24 and 25 of this presentation, which will be posted on the NUVO website, as well as NUVO's management's discussion and analysis filed on SEDAR. So, adjusted total revenue was $16.7 million and $53.6 million for the three and nine months ended September 30, 2020, compared to $18.9 million and $55.1 million for the comparative three and nine-month periods. The $2.2 million decrease in adjusted total revenue in the current quarter was due to a decrease of $1.6 million of revenue in the licensing and royalty business segment, combined with a decrease of $0.4 million of revenue in the production and service business segment and a $0.1 million decrease in revenue from the commercial business segment. The commercial business segment revenue had continued organic growth of its key promoted products, Blexton and Cambia. The possibility of future supply disruptions resulted in forward buying linked to the COVID-19 pandemic, which increased revenue in the three months ended March 31, 2020, And reduced revenue in the three months ended June 30, 2020, and stabilized in the three months ended September 30, 2020, as the pandemic progressed and buying patterns returned to normal. The COVID-19 pandemic may impact the timing of revenue in future quarters, and the company will continue to monitor the market dynamics accordingly. For the three months ended September 30, 2020, the licensing and royalty business segment revenue decreased, primarily due to a reduction in U.S. and rest-of-world net sales of Imobo. The reduction in the U.S. net sales of Vomobo was due to the launch of a generic version of Vomobo in March 2020, which resulted in the company no longer receiving a guaranteed minimum quarterly royalty of $1.9 million U.S. from Horizon Therapeutics. The company now receives a royalty of 10% based on U.S. net sales of Vomobo. The production and service business segment revenue decreased as a result of a decrease in the company's Penn State product sales. Adjusted EBITDA was $6.6 million and $22.2 million for the three and nine months ended September 30, 2020, compared to 7.8 million and $18.7 million for the three and nine months ended September 30, 2019. The decrease in the current quarter was primarily due to the decrease in gross profit of $2.4 million, which is net of revenue recognized upon recognition of contract assets, amounts billed to customers for existing contract assets and inventory step-up expenses partially offset by a decrease in general and administrative expenses net of amortization. This decline in gross profit was due to a decrease in adjusted total revenue, partially offset by an increase in gross margin percentage on product sales due to the receipt of the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy, as well as changes in product mix. Gross profit on total revenue was 10.2 million or 61% and 39.1 million or 69% for the 3 and 9 months ended September 30, 2020, compared to a gross profit of 11.3 million or 60% and 30 million or 60% for the 3 and 9 months ended September 30, 2019. The decrease in gross profit for the current 3 months was primarily due to a decrease in license revenue, partially offset by an increase in gross margin on product sales. The increase in gross profit for the current 9-month period was primarily due to an increase in license revenue and gross margin on product sales. As at September 30, 2020, the company had cash on hand of $21.1 million. In January 2020, the company repaid the outstanding balance of the bridge loan, a component of the Deerfield financing, which carried a coupon interest rate of 12.5%. The company's remaining loans, the U.S. $52.3 million amortization loan and the U.S. $52.5 million convertible loan, each carry a coupon interest rate of 3.5%. Nuvo will make regular repayments toward this amortization loan in 2020 in accordance with the Deerfield Financing Agreement and associated amendment. Since January 1, 2020, the company has repaid U.S. $14 million of debt. In our financial statements, we are required to report our amortization and convertible loan values as well as the interest payable in accordance with IFRS standards. This next slide provides a reconciliation between the IFRS accounting value, under the amortized cost method of our outstanding debt, compared to the actual cash value of the debt. As at September 30, 2020, the cash value, which represents the remaining principal payments of the amortization loan and convertible loan, was $66 million and $70 million, respectively, or $49.5 million and $52.5 million in U.S. dollars. Since November 2019, we've repaid 25% of the original combined value of the U.S. $6 million bridge loan, which is now entirely repaid, and the U.S. $60 million amortization loan. The U.S. $52.5 million convertible loan remains outstanding and is not prepayable. As of September 30, 2020, year-to-date, the company has repaid the outstanding balance of the bridge loan in the amount of $4.5 million and paid $14.2 million towards the amortization loan or $3.5 million and $10.5 million in U.S. dollars, respectively. As at November 6, 2020, the company had 11.4 million shares outstanding. Attached to the company's amortization loan are 25.6 million warrants issued to Deerfields at a $3.53 Canadian strike price. The company's convertible loan may be converted into common shares of the company at Deerfields option at a U.S. $2.70 per share conversion. Nouveau shares closed the day on November 6th at $0.86 cents a share. The company's amortization and convertible loans mature, and outstanding warrants expire on December 31st, 2024. Jesse will now continue with our business updates.
2: Thanks, Kelly. Our growth strategy is driven by five key elements. First, we are focused on the continued organic growth of our existing products and targeted in licensing or acquisition of a creative growth-oriented products, which leverage our in-house commercial, scientific, and manufacturing infrastructure. Second, we plan to further expand our Canadian business with the commercial launch of new products like SUVEX, which launched in September. Third, our scientific affairs team is continually working with our partners and regulators to move our pipeline forward with the registration of new products worldwide. Fourth, our manufacturing facility in Varennes, Quebec, has developed and will continue to refine processes to enhance the quality and efficiency of our manufacturing operations. And finally, we hold 113 patents globally and have five patent applications pending. We continue to develop a strong patent portfolio to protect our products. Suvex is our prescription medication indicated for the acute treatment of migraine attacks with or without aura in adults. We launched this innovative and clinically differentiated treatment for acute migraine in the approximately $130 million Canadian acute migraine treatment market in September of this year. As mentioned earlier, we were forced into a virtual launch this year as a result of the COVID pandemic. The impact of this virtual launch is obviously difficult to predict as a virtual launch has never really been contemplated before this year. Most companies are, are of course, dealing with this reality now. To date, the Suvex launch has been very well received. Uh, with positive feedback from physicians and patients who now have access to this medicine. Our experience from virtual sales rep activities for both Blexton and Cambia, which have been in place since March, are certainly making our virtual Suvex launch much easier to manage. We continue to advance our product pipeline towards commercialization. We filed Blexton Pediatric Registration Dossier with Health Canada in June of this year, and this dossier was accepted for review during the third quarter with an anticipated regulatory decision by the middle of next year. Blexen Pediatric is anticipated to be indicated for the treatment of seasonal allergic rhinitis and chronic spontaneous urticaria in children and will help to further strengthen our relationships with allergists, dermatologists, and primary care physicians who treat allergy and urticaria patients. NeoVisc is an injectable visco supplement used to replenish the synovial fluid in the joints of patients with osteoarthritis. Our commercial team received Health Canada approval for Neo, our new presentations of NeoVisc during the third quarter of 2020 and anticipate launching these new line extensions later this year or early in the following year. The line extensions include a low volume single injection presentation called NeoVisc 1 and a new triple injection presentation called NeoVisc Plus. Our key growth assets, Blexton and Cambia, have continued to perform as expected during the third quarter in spite of the COVID-19 impacts. Blexton's third quarter performance reflects the traditional seasonal growth in the oral antihistamine market, primarily associated with pollen and other environmental allergens during the warmer months. Blexton demonstrated continued year-over-year growth of total prescriptions, or TRX, and TRX market share during the quarter. Blexton's Q3 and year-to-date 2020 TRX increased 30% 30% and 37% over the same periods in 2019. Blexton Q3 2020 TRX market share increased to 16.4% compared to 13.9% for the comparable period in 2019. Blexton continues to capture the market share of our number one competitor, Satyrazine, also known as Reactin. Our sales force is doing a great job expanding the prescriber base for Blexton and we expect ongoing year-over-year growth and market share gains in the prescription anti market in the quarters to come. Blexton will enjoy market exclusivity in Canada through October 2024. Our second key growth product, Cambia, is an innovative prescription treatment for acute migraine. Cambia, which is the only prescription NSAID approved in Canada to treat acute migraine, acts fast and begins to work in as little as 15 minutes. Cambia's Q3 and year-to-date 2020 TRX increased 13% and 18% over the comparative periods in 2019. Cambia Q3 2020 market share increased to 4.8% compared to 4.4% in the comparable quarter in 2019. We anticipate continued prescription growth of Cambia consistent with these historical trends. Cambia will also benefit from patent protection in Canada through mid-2026. Turning to our international business, uh, pre-launch activities for PennZed 2% in Switzerland are currently underway and we anticipate the commercial launch in early 2021. I'm also pleased to announce that Results, which is branded as Lausbub in Germany, has now launched in this important European market. The launch is in early days now, but we are encouraged by the significant effort put into the commercial launch effort by our partner, Heumann, which includes a social media presence, e-commerce platform, and a full online infrastructure to provide parents with the information they need to use results and to treat their children's head lice infestation. Nouveau will, of course, earn royalty revenue from both of these partnerships. These commercial launches are also anticipated to have a positive impact on our production and service business segment. Our manufacturing facility in Varenne, Quebec, has already produced and shipped the finished Pensa 2% product for Switzerland, And is also prepared to manufacture results finished product for the U.S. market in the future. Manufacturing for our results business in Europe is handled by our European-based contract manufacturing partner. Nuvo earns revenue on the supply of finished product to our partners for both Penset 2% and results. We have achieved a large number of milestones so far this year, many of which we have discussed already today and in previous conference calls this year. While our business has had to adjust the way we operate in order to deal with the COVID pandemic, this adjustment has not slowed us down from completing the value-creating activities we set out to accomplish at the beginning of the year. In addition, we are hard at work bringing new products and opportunities to our pipeline through targeted business and commercial development opportunities. That ends our formal remarks. We're now pleased to answer questions that you may have with respect to the company, our financial results, and our operations. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Uh, Should you have a question, please press star, followed by one on your touch-tone phone. You'll hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request, and your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Uh, Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star, followed by two. If you're using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. One moment for your first question okay so your first question comes from uh, David Martin from Bloom Burton David please go ahead uh, good
3: morning Jesse and Kelly um, horizon sales of uh, Penn State 2% were up 20% year-over-year year in third quarter uh, do you know why it was did it translate into higher revenues for Nuvo and is this level of uh, sales expected to be sustained
2: well so you know one of the one of the disconnects between our business and horizons commercial business is that um you know the time it's really the timing of when they place orders for finished product with us Uh, there's a gap between the production of product and when they actually sell to to patients and wholesalers so um you know typically. Depending on how much inventory they have on hand, you know you, you can see a, a gap, and and so the prescription trends or the net sales trends aren't necessarily going to translate immediately into uh, sales revenue for us. So th- this is sort of how things have been historically, and and uh, it, Horizons' public disclosures is, is helpful in terms of showing the the trends of their business. And as you, as you indicated, said Two percent seems to have stabilized, and if in, in, in fact is is growing from a horizon standpoint, uh, but it doesn't immediately correlate into sales and manufacturing uh, or production of, of finished product for them.
3: Is it increases in prescription volumes, or is it price increases,
2: um, or a bit of both? I, I th- you know, if if you look at, uh, you know, the prescription trends, you know, if you look at your Bloomberg terminal, you can see some of that information. It, it looks like. Uh, Penn State prescriptions have, have basically stabilized this year. Uh, so, you know, we know that, that Horizon generally, uh, you know, implements price increases. That's their strategy. It's it's for them to, to manage. But uh, uh, from my perspective, that business, they, they seem to have stabilized it. Okay. Um, on to the
3: next topic. Uh, you talked about differentiation of SUVEX. I'm wondering if you can... Uh, Elaborate on that. Uh, you know, in particular, it doesn't seem like poly pills have, uh, uh, you know, gained much traction in recent years. I, I'm wondering if there's a reason why why this one will.
2: Well, I, I think if you if you look in the the migraine market, certainly there have not been, uh, you know, poly pills or fixed dose combination treatments made available, um, and and so this would be sort of a first in that regard. Uh, secondly, if you look at just the wealth of clinical data that we have, uh, not only are we, we showing uh, fantastic efficacy and safety results in the, the standard you know migraine endpoints of you know, pain freedom at, at two hours and sustained pain freedom for 24 hours, um, you know, re- reduction in use of, of uh, rescue medicine, and you know those are all the typical ones that that triptans would be measured against and and we're of course measured against those same primary endpoints but we've also and and we've got you know in many cases better results or at least comparable results to a number of the products that are on the market Uh, but where we we really excel is is when you start looking at uh, the the results that we have in uh, triptan non-responders so patients who have previously tried a migraine treatment but they failed or you know, they weren't tolerant of, of that medication, and that's you know, upwards of 30 to 40 percent of migraineurs in Canada that fit into that category. So that's a big part of the market. And so we've got phase three clinical data showing that suvax is efficacious and safe in those patients. And you know you don't have many other treatments that have that that strong data. And that's the kind of the kind of clinical data that's. That's resonating with the physicians that we're speaking with, uh, and and you know it's giving them another treatment option for their patients. So, and then I guess the other thing to add to this is is when you look at, you know, why would a, a poly pill or a fixed dose combination be perhaps more successful in the migraine space versus you know the cardiovascular arena, which is where you would have historically seen a lot of fixed dose combinations, and it, it's it's really. It probably comes down to the, the treatment guidelines where a combination of a triptan and an NSAID is written, you know, in black and white in the treatment guidelines as a, as a second-line treatment option for, for patients that are inadequately, inadequately treated on a monotherapy regimen. And, you know, given the fact that the price point of our product is effectively the same as comparable brand name single ingredient triptan products, there, there's no disincentive to prescribe our product because the patient isn't going to be out of pocket any more than they would if they were taking a a regular branded triptan. So I think there are a a lot of variables at play here that kind of change the playing field for us. And, you know, obviously we're we're receiving very strong feedback and support from the neurology and and migraine KOLs and and a, a lot of positive feedback from primary care physicians who are treating migrators on a day-to-day basis and and uh, you know think that this this may be a bit of a different situation than what you've seen historically Okay
3: um, Third question, then I'll get get back in queue um, What's happening with the results in the US? Um, you know, we we had thought maybe you'd be on the market for the lice season this year mm-hmm. um, What uh, should we anticipate next year hopefully?
2: Sure. So, yeah, certainly, you know, COVID slowed things down uh, from a partnering standpoint earlier this year, but what we'd indicated back in the summertime is, is that the expectation was we would have a partner in place before the end of this year. Uh, you know, we're, we're still targeting that. Uh, that's, that's still the expectation as it stands now, and that we would be on the market for next year's life season, uh, which, you know, I think, assuming that the world you know, not necessarily goes back to normal, but, you know, with the advent of of the potential for vaccines and and perhaps, uh, you know, people to feel free about moving back uh, to to more normal day-to-day situations and children going back to school and going to summer camp and things like that, you know, next year should be an interesting year for for the headlights market. I, I think it's safe to say that this year would have been a challenging year to launch a headlights lice treatment, um, and so as much as we we would have liked to have been out this year, um, you know, next year should be an interesting one for us.
1: Okay. Thanks. I'll get back in queue. Okay. Thanks, Dave. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, should you have a question, please press star followed by one. Okay. looks like we've got a follow-up question here from David. Uh, just okay david please go ahead okay guess i should have just stayed on the line um
3: <laughs> the pediatric market for blexton um how big is that relative to the current uh, market that you're in for blexton
2: sure so um you know the, the pediatric market for for any pharmaceutical treatment in canada is generally relatively small and, and in the the antihistamine market it's it's around 10 to 15% of the overall antihistamine market. So the, it's not necessarily the value of that pediatric population that's interesting for us. It's the fact that we will have a Blexton label that is much broader and much more comprehensive and really results in, the, in a physician, when they're making a decision as to whether they prescribe Blexton or if they prescribe one of our competitors, that there are no reasons for them not to preside, per, not to prescribe Blexton. You know they can use it for all of their patients, whether they're pediatric patients, whether they're adult patients, senior citizens. This one treatment will cover them all, and they don't have to choose between different options. And so it's more of a uh, what we like to call it a, a halo effect, uh, because it just simplifies the prescribing decision for the physician more so than um, you know than, than Blexton's clinical and safety profile already do. Will it
3: be in a pediatric-specific package, or is it just an addition to the product label? If you're under a certain age, take one pill, and if you're over a certain age, take two. Or,
2: yeah. So, so we, as we've mentioned before, we've got two new pediatric formats that will be uh, that, that we're seeking approval for. So, one is a, an orally disintegrating tablet uh, in, in a 10 milligram format, and then the other, which is half the dose of the adult. Version And then there's also an, uh, an oral solution version. So we'll have two different pediatric formats uh, that would be available to to patients Okay
3: um, On neovisc the line extensions Do you expect to increase your market share or is this just to protect your current market share?
2: This is definitely intended to increase market share for sure um, you know th- there's a you know having having the diversity, having the two different versions, the triple dose and the single dose uh, really allows us to, you know to appeal to a broader uh, subsection of of patients. so similar to to the Blexton with the adult and the pediatric, by having a triple dose and a single dose, you expand the number of patients that you can that you can target. there there are more uh, more options for the physician when they're deciding how how they want to go about treating uh, the patients, and then the other the other, Point is the the new single injection product that we're bringing out. at four milliliters is you know it's two milliliters less than our previous Neovisc product, which was the six milliliter product. And so it doesn't seem like a, a lot of volume, but when you're injecting this stuff into that that cavity in in the knee, the synovial cavity, uh, it doesn't hurt because there are no uh, pain receptors there or nerve endings, but uh, you feel pressure as, as that injected fluid starts to fill up that, that cavity and, and then ultimately provides that, you know, sort of cushioning that, that the, uh, the patient is looking for. And so 4 mL versus 6 mL is quite uh, a big difference, and in, in it's much more comfortable for the patient. It reduces the the injection time for the physician, and it's just a, a more efficient product to to administer. So, uh, you know, we think we'll be well positioned with this product once it's available in the market. Uh, hopefully, later this year.
3: Okay. And last question. So you're doing really well with Blexton and Cambia despite COVID. Do, do you think there's any sort of drag on the sales of those two? Products because of the pandemic and once we work our way out of the pandemic should there be an uptick in sales of those products or are they doing as well as they could uh, whether pandemic was here or not
2: it's a really good question David and you know one thing that we do know is that physicians you know on the, the conversations that we've been having with physicians since the pandemic started is that you know they do have Patients, they do have access to patients. They're definitely seeing uh, existing patients and, and refilling prescriptions, but there is certainly a, a backlog of, of patients that aren't getting in to see their, their physician. And, and whether that is they're not comfortable going to the doctor's office or their physician has not yet sort of in, engaged in you know telemedicine, telehealth, or, or some kind of online or virtual consultation, Um, you know, that's causing a a backlog in the number of patients that are actually getting to see their their doctor and and receiving treatment. So I I think, you know, as the world returns to a more uh, normal state, hopefully, you know, mid to late next year uh, and and people – or even, you know, in the early part of next year, if people simply just get more comfortable, uh, you know, going about their their lives – Get, you know in the midst of the pandemic um you know maybe we'll start to see some of that backlog uh, go away but that's you know that's that's the that's the feedback we're getting from physicians at this point okay thanks that's it for me okay thanks dave
1: there are no further questions at this time please proceed
2: okay well thank you very much everyone for participating and listening today um, appreciate your support, and as always, if you do have questions, uh, you know that we weren't able to address today. Please feel free to reach out through our investor relations site on on the website, and we'd be happy to address your comments uh, through that medium. So, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating, and ask that you please disconnect your lines.